So, hello and welcome to Saladcast, another Time Machine episode. Um, so we're going back um, 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, to 2010, um, to a Saturday night game, um, in the, the one of the start of the season in August 2010. Um, so yeah, this is an interesting game. It's a game where Shrewsbury Town came back against Charlton. Yep. Um, were you at the game, Glenn? I was, yeah. Tuesday night game, as you say. Yeah. Uh, 7.45 kickoff. It was an evening game, nice summer evening. Uh, we'll go through the details of yeah. what port of the season it was, but... I was there. I remember it very uh, memorable because of what happened in the game. Yep, I was there as well. Um, and yeah, kind of watching these games back. Um, what what are you missing most about football? Glenn? Oh, it's funny. We've, Particularly Shrewsbury, obviously. Yeah, we, we've, we've we've been doing a few of these games now, watching these old classic games back. And I think it's brought home to me there's two things I miss about the football. Only. One is the social side of it. You know, seeing your friends, the Saturday routine, a, a drink, a chat catching up with friends you might not necessarily see through the week. I, I really do miss that. And um, like a lot of people, I suppose, at the moment, I had a catch-up online with my, my, my best friends really last night on Zoom, and we all had a drink and did some drinking games, and it's kind of a bit of a replacement for, for missing the football, but it's not quite the same. Um, it was still a great laugh, though. Um, but I also miss football. You know, the, the the physical act of watching a game of football. I like the, the game. I like the, the flow of a match. I like watching football, and watching these old games back does, again, give you a little bit of that taste, but... There's something about watching live sport, the unpredictability of it, I, I, that I'm you know, truly missing. And, and that goes for a lot of sport that I used to watch. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not just a case of missing something to do, Ollie. <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I miss it catching up with friends, mm. um, seeing familiar faces. You know, the um, I listened to a different podcast, one of many different podcasts, I can't remember what it was. And they were talking about um, getting the train and have a few beers on the train yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Just the kind of the, yeah, like the... Um, the journey of it um, but then also like see it's quite specific as well the joy of celebrating a goal yeah yeah there's nothing that beats that no. um, so for me that's something um, I'm missing as well so yeah watching these games back is fun but you kind of know what goals are coming and it's the unpredictability it's the journey yeah. the the excitement um, the the kind of the, the pantomime villain the the kind of the whole kind of shebang of, of football so yeah missing it um, but yeah I'm looking forward to it and um, yeah, looking forward to that first game back. Whenever it will be, whenever everything's back to normal, mm. whatever it may, might happen, um, just that kind of yeah. I'm sure it'll be a bit of a festival. The first game. I back. think it's going to be a while yet, Ollie, isn't it? If if we think yeah, about it, it. And, and we're already pining for a return when we might not even be halfway through all this, which is a quite frightening thing for me. But um, we'll yeah. get back there one day, and that's for sure. And we'll, we'll get down the meadow. And we'll, we'll sing them on, even if they play behind closed games uh, doors games first. You know. If that's what has to happen, I'm happy just to wait to get back in there when it's safe and everything's fine. But um, yeah, it is also nice though looking back at these old games, Ollie, because you know we've been going to these games obviously as we covered on the podcast back to the nineties, and we've seen lots and lots of really good games where they're wins, losses, draws. We've covered all sorts in the last few weeks, Um, but this one does really you know kind of crystallise what I love about football that unpredictable nature of it. I was sat there with all my mates on that night, you know. It wasn't a massive attendance, but it was just that thing where it was one of those nights, and we haven't really mentioned the game yet, but it's when Shoes would beat Charlton 4-3 and came back from 3-0 down. It was one of those nights where, of the small amount of fans who were there, everyone could say, yeah, I was at that game, and it was a bloody classic. Yeah, it was, especially as um, yeah, the Charlton fans were keen to point out the score um, in the first <laughs> half. Um, so yeah, and it's because that's, that's that, that thing about football, isn't it? Obviously you get like you know Liverpool coming back against Barcelona and stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's on a grand scale, but this is the same, and this is the same experiences and the same feelings and the same delight that we experienced that day. So, yeah, I guess I guess we should probably stop rabbing it on and let's get into the action. Not back there, time working hard, ball in towards Harold's, Harold on the head, and it's gone in! It's 4-3! It's scarcely believable! They were 3-0 down! And now they're 4-3 up! And it's big, Matt Harold! A 
today's game, Shrewsbury Town 4, Charlton Athletic 3. It's always nice to beat Charlton, Ollie, isn't it, after what's gone on in the last few years. So looking back, uh, a Charlton victory is all the more pleasing after some of the playoff histrionics and Bowyer and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was quite nice to, to see, see Shrewsbury Town put that club in its place again. And really, I suppose it's worth starting with the context, Ollie. Yep, so they were in league, um, the league above us, weren't they? Were. they? So they are in League 1 this year. And it's really funny how names and people come back. So, yeah... Um, Parkinson was their manager mm-hmm. um, and this is the season that they actually got um, Powell back so yeah interesting yeah. interesting for them but what happened to them the season before? Yeah so they'd only just got relegated down to, to League 1 obviously we were League 2 at this point in time um, under GT I'll come to that in a minute but yeah they got relegated the season before so they were probably the highest ranked team who were in this round of, of the Cup um, so we were huge underdogs. They were massive favourites. So when you talked in the intro about you know Barcelona type comebacks, you know in terms of one off game against a, a higher um, opposition, we've not done many better than this. Obviously, everyone will look at Stoke and what happened a couple of years ago. But before that happened, this was one of those sort of benchmark comebacks, really. So yeah, massive massive challenge for us. Um, in terms of Shrewsbury's manager, you just mentioned Phil Parkinson was the chart manager, but this was Graham Turner's second game back. Ollie, um, he did, just had his first, which was the opening day where we beat Bradford. Um, Jake Robinson scored the perfect hat trick, if you remember, Ollie. I think he scored right foot, left yeah. foot header, and then Kev Mack got sent off. Um, but yeah, good start of the season, and then that obviously gave us a bit of impetus going into this game. Yeah, no, it certainly did, um, and it's yeah, it's quite fun looking at some of these um, off familiar, but then some less familiar names. Yeah, I mean that that opening day wins worth watching back as well. I remember that being high hugely entertaining game as well so maybe if we're in lockdown for months on end we might ask the club to dig that one out but yeah we talk about us being there Ollie the crowd was horrendous to be honest with you 3,700 very sparse yeah Yeah, very surprising Um, and I guess um, I guess it just shows you what the club has done over the last 10 years um, to build up um, because we've been in the meadow a few years at this point um, but yeah, it's still clear. And for me, it's also just a reminder that, you know, Charlton, yeah, you talk about they come from the, the championship and all that, but it wasn't that many years before then they were in the championship and all that kind of stuff. Uh, sorry, the Premier League yeah, and all that kind front. of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's um it was a bit of a, a bigger draw potentially, but yeah, very low attendance. I agree. It was we'll probably yeah. play we'll do, if we're doing a podcast then we'll do a brain the cricket season or something. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I I don't know. It was interesting. I mean, yeah, well, cup attendances can be quite fluctuating, I suppose, over the years with different factors and things. But um yeah, I, I don't know. Seems quite low. But I guess we don't get much more than that in some respects for first round uh, league cup games, do we? So um yeah, early on in the season. Blame the cricket season, that's what we always do around here, as you say. Um <laughs> couple of things to note. It was the hundred and twenty fifth season celebration, Ollie. So we're in that one-off blue kit. No amber to be yep. seen on it. Nice kit. Nice shit. Nice kit that was. Uh, yeah, smart-looking kit, wasn't it? To be fair, um, and it was. A, it was good that they. Rec- I, you know, I didn't mind that as someone who's true blue. True blue. As someone who's a true blue and amber stripes uh, through and through in terms of the kit, I want to see us playing for a one hundred twenty-fifth season celebration. I had no problem with that. It's something to recognise the heritage of the club. So I, I thought it was a good idea, but at the time, yeah, it was nice. It was just something. Yeah, obviously harping back to. You know, it's just a constant debate on Twitter sometimes yeah. about um, what shirt we should wear. And yeah, as I mentioned on Twitter, I do like the fact that we have lots of different kits. And yeah, this was a bit of a, a link back to some of our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last bit, bit of stats really before we get into the teams. I'll let you do that, Ollie. But this was Sean McAllister's debut. So he'd missed the opening day. Um, and as you'll hear on the highlights, if you watched it back today, he gets the Ryan Jarvis 
give a big big Shropshire welcome to Sean McAllister and there's a big round of applause. So yeah, no one no one gets to make their debut without that from Ryan Jarvis. But um, yeah, come on, run us through the team then, Ollie, because you say a couple yeah. of names that sort of stand out as, as not hanging around. Yeah, there's them. a lot of familiar names, a few names that, um, to be honest, I'd forgotten. <laughs> um, some names I wish I'd forgotten. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so um, so we had Ben Smith in goal, um, so decent goalkeeper. We had Raven at right back, Sharps, obviously, of hero um, in centre defence with O'Donnell. Um, it's not that that a familiar name, um, and obviously Matty Sadler at left back. Mm-hmm. Um, watching this game back, actually, you probably think, why didn't he start playing centre back a bit earlier? Because he wasn't that fast. <laughs> bless him. Um, Lionel Ainsworth, right wing, um, Disley and Sean McAllister in midfield. Um, then Mark Wright, um, and then two strikers at front, Robinson and Matt Harrell. So classic four four two, classic GT. Um, team with two wingers yep. I don't know fast wingers yeah we we, met, we commented on some of these old games we watched where I wanted to watch back a game with it being Ainsworth and Wright on the wings at the same time because yeah. I remember that being a huge amount of fun um, and, and yeah it's good I, I enjoyed watching it back on this one so we should just say there was one sub later on in the game which was Vanden Broek on for Matt Harold later on um, on the bench also was Chris Neal um, Shane Cantwell Sheriff who I think had only just come in Steve Leslie Lewis Neal who was dreadful um, and then two young lads Dan Taylor and a certain young lad called Tom Brad um, and we should just note that yeah, Jake Robertson and Harold started up front opening day and also played this game but we were missing Nathan Elder um, and Chris Bright who were the other options up front who were out injured so we weren't <laughs> we weren't really got much strength in depth behind Robinson and Harold had we? Elder and Bright <laughs> No and obviously we covered the um, obviously the season after this um, with um, GT's team and it just, yeah, for me just looking at this team the, for me the biggest thing is yeah, um, Marvin Morgan and James Collins up front is a big upgrade on these two. Yes. Um, but yeah, interesting interesting game um, and yeah, some nice goals anyway. Yeah, and I suspect that one of the central midfielders probably wouldn't have started if Kevin McIntyre hadn't been suspended um, because he got that red card on opening day. He'd moved into central midfield by this point. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think Disley was the one. I think McAllister and Mac, McIntyre played more often than Disley played. But um, yeah, I'm stretching, stretching my memory a bit there. Um, so yeah, a solid team. Some some players will stand out for their performance as we go through, no doubt. Um, I should just run through the Charlton team really. There's a couple of names there that stood out to me. So they have Ross Warner in goal, Simon Francis, Chris Solly, Thierry Racon, Miguel Angolera, Alex Stavrenru, I don't know how you pronounce that one, Scott Wagstaff, Powell Abbott, Bally Smart, Lee Martin, and a, and a young Yado Mambo, who was only 18 at the time. But you could tell they were a team that had come from the top flight, because they had the more more foreign-named players than you would <laughs> traditionally find in the lower leagues, I suspect, Ollie. Yeah, it was a youth team, a young team, yeah. but um, yeah, still one that um, Parkinson expected to beat, beat Shrewsbury Town. Um, and also, I think it's worth saying that the pitch was really good, um, there's no excuses there, and it was, as you say, it was a very nice... August, Tuesday night. It was, yeah. So we, we watched the highlights. The town put them out earlier on today. So we were doing these for when they came out now, but we've decided to go back to work. You always say that. We didn't watch the highlights. We watched Sorry, the yeah, game. I say match highlights. It's because we always put it in the agenda as highlights on it. We watched the whole game back, as a lot of town fans did today. Um, and yeah, out come, uh, yeah, out come the town to catch us, in, catch us if you can, um, which was quite nice in front of a sparse east stand, as we said. And I say, I remember it being a, a really lovely late summer evening, you know, just perfect for football and I've mentioned this so many times now but this <laughs> I'm going to just say it again but it's so much nicer watching football when it's nice weather <laughs> yeah I, I do like the especially as I drive like 40 minutes back to Starbridge Way um, the summer months um, start and end of the months end of the year are always nice for that bit of sunlight yes. um, which actually could be really weird if we actually do play the season out, mm. but in the actual summer 
So, yeah, going to every games in shorts would be quite interesting. Well, it would be great. <laughs> Never mind interesting. <laughs> I'd love that, to be honest with exactly. you. Um, exactly. Sure I'm sure you'd love that. Yeah. So, how did how did Town start? Uh, not so well in this one, Ollie. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought <laughs> Charlton came out and, and used that experience from, from sort of high level that they had. Probably still a couple of championship players that they had. Um, and they got on top straight away, really. Had a, had a shot deflected wide quite early on. And then that caused a, a corner, which we cleared away. And, yeah, I think they, they came out with a, with a, a will to sort of... Um, Kind of impose themselves, yeah, yeah. Especially in that opening five minutes, which I think they probably did. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of how the game opened up for me. It was difficult to tell how town were playing because we didn't really have too much of the ball. But it's quite funny, Ollie, early on when the sort of camera pans around to the benches and it's boiling hot. Everybody behind in the stand is in shorts and t-shirts, and Graham Turner stood there, full grey suit like he always wore, you know, tie immaculately done. He's so old school, Ollie Turner, and even in that weather he couldn't bring himself to wear any sort of training kit or shorts or anything I thought yeah there we go That's, that was the mark of the man wasn't it <laughs> yeah it was yeah Parkinson I think was in, in tracksuit bottoms a bit more modern football manager mm. yeah he was a classic suit man um, and yeah again yeah it was it was interesting watching this game back obviously with a few familiar faces um, and it didn't take us too long did it to be, for us to get our first chance no, so the game settled down, I thought, Ollie, after that first five minutes, and both teams were kind of breaking on each other. Um, Charlton probably had more of the ball, um, and I thought it was notable from those early exchanges that we were trying to get it to our wingers, because they were obviously our most dangerous players, right in Ainsworth, and Charlton were more direct through the middle, looking at their sort of powerful front two. So they, there was definitely a kind of difference in, in sort of that tactical approach of how we were trying to break teams down. But yeah, um, we had our first chance on six minutes, which was a really nice crossfield ball from right to Ainsworth, um, and Ainsworth just ran at them hard, which he always did. Um, and whipped a shot right at the keeper um, and you could tell from, from pretty early on in this game that it was Ainsworth that had them worried wasn't it with, with his pace um, quite what how much he did with the ball we can come to but straight away and you could see that they were sort of looking to, to cover him off as much as possible yeah they were um, but I'd say probably Charlton just edging it in terms of when their attacks were probably a little bit more threatening yes um, yeah um, in terms of yeah you know it's an even contest but yeah Town Town playing alright but Charlton yeah probably the better team yeah Um but um, yeah, and it's first saying, you know, you mentioned that we weren't really using the long ball that well. No, we weren't really. I, I should just say, Charlton had the first chance of the game where Sadler got caught upfield, um, obviously playing left yeah. back. And yeah, they did really well, came down the wing and then cut it back to Abbott where he beat the offside trap and missed a sitter from five yards out. It was a really bad miss that one early on after four minutes. Um, but yeah, he was offside, so it wouldn't have counted. Um, but yeah, we weren't great using that, that early ball. And I think I think I put it in the agenda later on, but I'll bring it up here, is that we really struggled, considering what kind of a striker Matt Harold was, we really struggled to get him in the game in this first half at all. Yeah, maybe you have a different memory of him of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was both of these two strikers were frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, inconsistent, um, particularly um, Robinson, um, was very, very inconsistent. Um, but yeah, we were playing kind of... Um, I'm not gambling football, but all but you know, but we was yeah playing quick balls out to the wingers and seeing what they could do, mm. um, and that was yeah it's it's not always going to work, especially when you've got a league two league two side. But Charlton was strong um, and quite pacey as well, yeah. Um, so they were it was hard for us to to really create any threatening efforts at the start of this it game. It wasn't about how good of a player Harold was that surprised me. I thought it was on the fact that he was a traditional target man, wasn't it? And we, we didn't in that opening ten minutes we didn't really use the long ball as much as we did the rest of the game, and it was just it seemed odd that we were we were trying to just persistently stick to the wings um, and for me you're not using that option let us down a few blind alleys because in, in that opening 10 minutes it was pretty clear that we wanted to get the ball to the wings like I just said 
But a lot of times in putting that opening ten minutes, particularly Ainsworth, they would run with it and they'd lose it. They'd get it dispossessed easily, or they'd run it out of play, or they'd mispass it, or, uh, sorry, miscontrol it, and it'd go out for a throw in or something like that. And that was where our play was breaking down more often than not. It was with the wingers, strangely, but then we were trying to use them more than anywhere else. So I suppose maybe that looked fair enough. Um, and then the Charlton defence, considering what happened later on, looked really solid. So I, I guess that was fair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously, at this point, I'd say McAllister and Disley were starting to have a bit of an influence on the game, definitely. getting a bit of ball in midfield. Um, though I did find it really odd that often they would attack and you'd like the pan, like the, the camera would be on the centre of pitch and we'd be attacking and there'd be no one in, in the centre of the pitch at all. <laughs> um, they were quite, yeah, they were both quite keen to push forward. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting seeing two attacking centre midfielders and not a. You know, nowadays we'll always have one at the one Anthony Grant or one Abu Agogo always sits really deep and, and we kind of always comment on that. But McAllister, from my memory, was traditionally the more sort of deep midfielder. Um I, I don't remember being as attacking as he was in this game. And and for me he was really solid in these open exchanges. His his passing was really good and he must have had the most touches of any town player in say the opening fifteen minutes. He would get it, he'd pass it on, he'd he'd shovel it on, he was you know, the proverbial water carrier, I thought, Ollie, and, and, and him and Disney didn't look too bad central midfield. Um, you know, it just kept breaking down once it went beyond them and they tried to, to shovel it on elsewhere, didn't it? Yeah, but it didn't always work. It was no. quite funny. Um, um, because of the commentary we listened to is just the fans um, who were very quiet. <laughs> um, but there's a really, really funny shout um, around this time where someone, sh- where Disney played a ball, long ball, um, basically switch in play and someone shouted, that was a good ball and he went straight out of play. Yeah. That did make me giggle a little Probably bit. Probably me. Watching, watching the game back. <laughs> It's the sort of thing I do quite often, Ollie, to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, it's someone in the West End. And uh, yeah, it, you know, tr- traditional West End crowd noise like we commented on last time, wasn't it? But yeah, we got to that sort of 15 minutes and we had a half sort of penalty shout where Ainsworth um, passed it into Robinson. Keeper caught him right on the byline. It went out for a goal kick. So it was nothing really in that one for me, Ollie. But there was a couple of players asking for too it. Too close. Yeah. And, yeah and, it was far too close. And it felt like from that point onwards, Town were starting to get on top, which was interesting. And obviously the way this rest of this half goes is mad. But we, we did buy about 15 minutes I thought we were just about trying to shade it a little bit then and you know we, we had a really good first time ball from McAllister to Robinson who had a good run dropped his shoulder and bent it just wide well quite wide I suppose Ollie but yeah it was miles <laughs> wide yeah oh, actually said so there was was Stewie's commentary on this game I can't remember there is yeah there is so many games. yeah and she, yeah because Stu Dunn's sitting in the um, in the family stand yes. thinks it was close it was actually about three three meters wide. it wasn't that wide but but it was good and we were just showing a bit more impetus but it wasn't really enough to get the crowd going because there wasn't that many people there. There was a, a couple of chants, wasn't there? But that was about it, really. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, as Worth has mentioned, yeah, there was noticeably quiet. Mm. Like you wouldn't get a game, even with 3,000 now, you wouldn't get a game that that was that quiet now, do you think? No, I, I felt a little bit like, considering how mental this game went later on, it, it, the first 20 minutes had all the feel of a pre-season friendly. You know, 3,000, not much atmosphere. You had the Charlton fans chant a little bit um, and they got louder as they started to score their goals. But uh, And the intensity of the first 20 minutes was okay, but it wasn't top-notch, was it? Do you know what I mean? It's, it still felt very early season. And, you know, we would get games like that now, I suppose, still sometimes in our, in our seasons that we watch. But... Um, I, I don't know. It's difficult to com- to compare some of these things, isn't it? Because I've been to loads of town games throughout all different parts of the season where the atmosphere has just been dead, um, and it depends yeah. on what's going on, doesn't it? At this point, it was nil nil, and it was it was a nice, relaxed summer's evening. So I suppose that plays its part, Ollie. But yeah, it, it was good. And I say we were on top. I really thought McAllister was starting to to run the show a little bit for, for those first twenty minutes, and. Yeah, as I said, he was he was passing on swift, um, but there were no real big chances at either end. And I say, twenty no. minutes in, that probably may be played into that quiet atmosphere, Ollie. Yeah, definitely. When we had a, a bit of a chance, um, a right cross, um, Matty Harold heads it wide, yeah. um, 
bit of possession left from Shrewsbury. Um, but you were making a comment here about the fullbacks. <laughs> Probably you could say about both fullbacks. Really. You could, yeah. It wasn't exactly the um, modern football we watch now of um, very progressive <laughs> wing backs. We were playing four four two, and Max Adler didn't mind getting forward a little bit, but he didn't do it very often. And, and one time he did in the first half, he got caught upfield. Dave Raven probably got a nosebleed if he went beyond the benches. To be honest with you, he did <laughs> did not like leaving his own half in any respect whatsoever, um, which didn't really help us in the attacking sense. But I suppose when you had players like Ainsworth and Wright as the option to just give and go to, you didn't really need necessarily need um, right backs and left backs that did that job, Ollie. Yeah, and probably not, not, not normally that likely they're going to come back either. Um, so yeah, you'd have to. It's not surprising they were a little bit more defensive. Ainsworth didn't come um, back once. I don't think in the whole game. No, oh dear. No. But yeah, so I thought you know watching it back, town were town were on top. But you know just about it was a very close game. But they were just about shading some of the possession and doing really well. And on twenty five minutes, sucker punch, Charlie one nil Charlton. Yeah, this was a terrible one at defending. <laughs> so what happened, Glenn? Yeah, so old 18-year-old Yaddo Mambo picks the ball up um, just before he gets to the halfway line. He picks his head up. He hoofs it forward. There's no other word for it than that. And Danny O'Donnell gets in an absolute shambles of a mess, doesn't he, dealing with the, with the high ball. He should just head it away. First, head the first ball. That's what you, every defender would ever tell you. He doesn't. He lets it bounce. Um, and Abbott, who was a decent striker, um, took it down and just dispatched it well past Ben Smith in goal. And um, yeah, just you've got to attack the long ball straight away, haven't you? It was just it was awful defending, like you just said. Yeah, it was very poor, but good finish though. Yeah, decent. He and he's always been recent, reasonably good in the games I've watched this Abbott. And I think he did go on to play up a little bit I think he didn't always play lower league football but he was good in this game to be fair because 25 minutes we, we were just you know 1-0 down it was a bit of a shambles wasn't it as we said and then you know a few minutes later we, we didn't settle after the first goal did we we looked a little bit unsettled between that and the next goal yeah and I think this is for me it was interesting looking at O'Donnell's history in his career <laughs> um, and it's like it's funny because like you know you come through the youth, Liverpool youth system so you think you're going to have a you know you're going to have a career you play 25 games on loan crew and then you play seventy eight games for crew, and he's probably and it like you know wouldn't wouldn't begrudge him this thinking I'm gonna have a professional career here, mm. yeah. But then he plays five games for Shrewsbury, and then he drops out of a football league um, and doesn't really have that much of a career. He doesn't even play, doesn't play two hundred games. No. Um, and it's just fascinating, isn't it, when you will do all these kind of games back and you sign all these players, you know, you know, you don't know. Where they're going to go? I, was just, I don't know. I just always find that quite fascinating. You know, is Donald Love going to go and play in the Championship again, yeah. or is he going to go? You know, who knows? Um, but it's just interesting. That, yeah, he's a player that never really, uh, never really kind of carried on his career that much after Shrewsbury. How, how many games did he play for us again? You just said five. five. That, this is my point. You see, it's almost like um, we've had a couple of centre backs over the last few years. I forget the names now. Kieran Kennedy. Kieran Kennedy's one, isn't it? Where you obviously yeah. bring in a, a bunch of players in the summer and you give them a go, and they're obviously not going to work straight away. And, and Danny O'Donnell was pretty average in all the games he played for us. He didn't do great in this game either. But it was almost like a Kieran Kennedy. We'll give him a chance if he doesn't make it. There'll probably be someone out there we can get later on before the windows, you know, fully shut for for you know free transfers or whatever. And you know, it does happen, particularly with centre backs. I think we've had a lot come in and just play three or four games and then just sort of disappear into nothing. And yeah, I don't really fondly remember Danny O'Donnell for other other than what he did. No, in this I game. couldn't remember him to be honest. Um, and when I first saw his name, if I'm honest, I recognised everyone else, um, <laughs> but his name wasn't quite that familiar. And he only played five games, so yeah. that's not a surprise. No. Um, but yeah, didn't Town? Let's can't say Town kind of. Um, were, I don't know. How do you describe it? We were quite poor <laughs> after this. Um, it kind of hit us a bit of a shock. I think it was that pre-season. This game had a very, very early season, didn't it? Yeah. Feels to it. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, 20 minute, 28 minutes in, um, and it's 2-0 um, to Charlton. Mm. Um, we don't settle. Um, they break on us. Um, your favourite defender is beaten easily. <laughs> uh, Martin gets down the right, past Sadler, and can't stop the cross, and yeah, Abbott just nicks it in in front of Sharp um, to, to get it home from five points. Um, yeah, big questions, as you've put here, Glenn, about the centre-halves. Yeah, O'Donnell's beaten too easy in the start of it. Sadler does his best to try and stop the cross, but, you know, Ian Sharp's... I'd have been annoyed to concede this one because he just he's just left on his heels a little bit as the striker nips across him. Um, and we know that Ian Sharps has listened to this podcast because he's complained we didn't <laughs> put him in the top three the other week and he'll have to keep listening and see whether he does this time. But um, yeah, I suspect even Ian would have been a bit miffed to concede that one as a, as a centre-back. And, and the look on the faces of the... Well, not the face, but the sort of body language of, of sort of people throwing at their arms and stuff and keeper giving it giving it loads as well, watching it back. Um, they were not pleased to concede this goal. And yeah, I think maybe it was the two centre-backs really for, for me on that goal. Um, and the bloody Charlton fans are chanting easy, easy, yeah. easy after 28 and minutes. Then, and, and also a chant I haven't heard for a while. And two 0 to the Londoners, which is quite an odd chant. Like not to just to chant, just to Londoners, as if yeah, which is an odd chant uh, mm. for to opposition fans to take. They also uh, they also started chanting at two 0 We're going to Wembley <laughs> on like whatever part, yeah. whatever day in August it was. You know, it's fair, fairly early shout. <laughs> it is, yeah. Especially it's a whole a whole my beer moment. Um, but you think that town carried on, didn't they? They carried on passing it around. I do. Yeah, we weren't particularly amazing um, in the rest of this half well we were we scored a couple of goals but we were yeah we, it was an odd game it, is it was an odd game. game it was very a bit basketball-y mm. in that sense but I think my point I was trying to make here is that you know we scored we let two easy goals in and we could have let, you know our heads did go a little bit but I could see the building blocks of what GT tried to do over these two years to get us out of the league and then they kept trying to play football They Sharps and, and Danny O'Donnell still didn't keep hoofing it all the time they wanted to get it into midfield and they wanted Disley and, and McAllister to try and play football and try and get the wingers involved and all I'm trying to say is we let two quick goals in which can normally rock a team and it did a little bit in terms of the fact we let another one in a minute but they did still keep trying to play the football that actually proved to be quite good over the next two seasons so you know I think GT short of the manager he was he was building that sort of building blocks even in tough times they'd still try and do it you know it, whether it would work or not against a, what was a championship previously you know it was going to be probably the hardest game we had all season but um, yeah I thought I thought that was at least commendable I suppose yeah it looked nice um, <laughs> but, it, but it didn't work no. <laughs> um, so yeah 32 minutes um, and yeah Disley miscontrolled the ball in midfield oh, nice way. Um, and they're away again uh, take it forward couple of step overs and fired home and yeah good finish um, good goal and it's yeah it's 3-0 um but i don't know it wasn't really a bit of a wake up call because a couple of minutes later what could, what could have happened yeah so game over obviously already and then 2 minutes later um it should have been 4-0 um a really dangerous cross from smith uh, from across into the box that smith palmed away and and Charlton were playing with really high confidence after they scored that third goal and and as I say we still couldn't get Harold Robinson into the game at all um, and as I say three 0 they could have had a fourth they were putting balls into the box you just you couldn't see where it was going to turn around um, and then it suddenly did on two minutes after that thirty six Ollie yeah um, it was <laughs> out of nothing a surprise yeah it just came out of nothing doesn't it <laughs> um, but to be fair and this is the bit that for me again was I found really frustrating about Robinson yeah is that this was a really good run. And a really good finish, quite a difficult finish as well. Mm. Um, and it was a, it was a good finish. And yeah, thirty six minutes in, I mean, never you at this point you had no plan or inkling that what was going to happen. No, but um, yeah, it was finally a bit of quality from Shrewsbury. It's, it's interesting to talk about Robinson. I've got the program from the Charlton game on that night now. It's one of those sort of half page ones. Um, and even G, GT's got something to say about um, Robinson because he kind of understood where his position was with the fans at the start of the season. So he's put 
I don't normally like to praise individual players. He's talking about the game before where Robinson scored the hat-trick. Um, I don't like to normally praise individual players. Victories are earned by the entire team. Everyone on this occasion, I must pay tribute to Jake Robinson for scoring our three goals on the night and combining well with Matt Harold. And then he said, I understand that Jake wasn't always a crowd favourite last season, but he's impressed me with his pre-season performances and thoroughly deserves his place in the starting lineup. And then he goes on to talk about his enthusiasm and his qualities. So, you know, you've got to remember that Robinson was going into this season as, as not a particularly well-liked player for us. Well, did he end the season particularly liked? <laughs> no, because um, he was... I, my, 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 my overriding memory of Robinson was when he was absolutely dog-awful against Torquay in the playoffs. Well, yeah, well, this is the season where we let him go to Torquay on, in, to play for them, yeah. wasn't it? And, and that old shambles. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he, I don't know, he scored some good goals and he had some flashy games. I think generally, right, it was inconsistent again, like a typical League 2 striker. But yeah, sorry, he scored against us in yeah, yeah. the season. Yeah, but I just remember him, yeah, and yeah, it was for me, it was the right decision to let him go because he was crap. Well, he, yeah, he played for Torquay in the playoffs against us, which is yeah. flipping mental, really, wasn't it? And which we lost. Is a bit mad. Um, so, yeah, so maybe he didn't leave with any more credit than he started the season, but he, he scored a couple of goals, scored some for Tor- Torquay as well, so there we go. Um, but yeah, as we say, we, we scored out of nothing, really, Ollie. It was just a big, long ball, wasn't it? That Harold did his usual thing, he jumped for it. I'm not entirely sure whether he won it or not, but he did enough that it sailed over his head and uh, the defender's head. Um, bounces down and Robinson just latches off the, the last man out, paces him, gets onto it and lifts it over the keeper. And it, you know, again, good finish for, for the bloke. He was obviously on his fourth goal of the season already after two games, which was pretty impressive at that point. Yeah, he'd gone to score 11 goals for us this season. Oh, okay. Uh, so he started well, but yeah, that kind of explains why he moved on. Mm. Did better at Torquay, 22 games, seven goals. Um, but yeah, it was, a, again, as I said, basketball is quite accurate because... Yeah, it could have got could have got a lot worse. <laughs> it should have been four one at on thirty nine minutes. Yeah. I put, oh my god, should be four one. Yeah, threw a ball from Martin. He got it under control. Went round Smith, the keeper. Um, had a, had a sort of open goal to, to try and steer it into. And fair play to me and Sharps. He stepped across. Um, cleared it off the line really well um, basically saved the goal um, yeah and but he did lose he did, his man he did lose to kind of create the chance <laughs> he did um, but he got back but it was a good block yeah yeah he did um, so that should have been 4-1 and we got away with it massively and then three minutes later we got 2-3 two, two, you know we were only one goal behind suddenly then and the, the game just swang massively in this five minutes you know around about these two goals that we scored and um yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty poor cross um, into the box. I think it was Ainsworth that knocked yeah. it in. But it was interesting, just before we get to that, yeah. because there was a, a like a, almost like a rugby tackle push, kind of like um, <laughs> really aggressive push um, on um, Jake um, Robinson. Um, and then, yeah, it was almost like a bit of football karma was going to come back and hit them. Yes, it was, yeah, because he, he recovered the ball really well, slid in right on the left-hand side, and he, he smashed a cross in really low and hard. Uh, looked like Harold would probably just step across and, and score from five yards out, but good old Yaddo Mambo slid in um, and scored a, a really nice own goal past his goalkeeper. So yeah, for two three with still sort of five six minutes of the half left. Mental. Yeah, it was it was um, a mental uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was just unbelievable. It's now yeah, and now it's um, it's two three and Charlton fans are a little bit quieter. They were yeah, and we did still. We it's funny we had a chance to go three three just for half time where Robinson had a shot blocked. Um, yeah, and then yeah, you noted another thing that we picked up on the last yeah. game. <laughs> Yeah, um, Sharps is really keen for throwing, so I never knew this about him. But yeah, he takes another throw, again, on the same flank. 
Um, and he takes yeah, flowing, uh, throwing mm. quickly um, to get us going again. He was keen for. He knew obviously we were going to come back in this game. And after we scored the, the goal on forty two, we played really well the rest of this half. Like we hadn't been great up until we scored our first goal, but we were flowing. I thought from the moment we scored that goal, um, there was a cross into the box, which would have been an easy goal. Um, but Wright had a, a shot at the back post blocked, um, which prompted some penalty appeals for a handball. I'm not too sure about that. The town fans actually did get quite loud at this point in time. They were really into it, having seen us score two goals and almost trying to get back to 3-3 before half time, which would have been amazing. Um, and we're just, you know, into injury time, really. We didn't really want the half to end. We were playing some nice stuff. We had another counter-attack to the back post where Wright couldn't get to it. And, yeah, it was it was just breathless. I remember I remember thinking at half-time, bloody hell, that's, there's a lot gone on there. And the crowd did actually roar them off at half-time, even though we were losing, because they'd shown a bit of fight and, and we were right back in the game, which was amazing from 3-0 down. Yeah, it's almost like football fans have a short memory. <laughs> you, but, but, no, to be fair to players... Um, to come to to be th- to be three 0 down against um, uh, obviously you know a squad that was obviously well equipped and some good players in yeah. it yeah um, to be yeah to, to go in at that time and the and the pendulum was swung in our favour and yeah players were rightly cheered off um, it's one of those hearts that you said you know you kind of didn't want it to end no no you didn't you didn't so yeah I'd have probably gone down and seen the lads at half time come back up to my seat for for the second half I'm thinking. There's a, there's a chance here. We, we've got a chance to get back in this game. And something happens at this kickoff that I rarely see at a shoot tang game. What was it, Ollie? Well, we normally just kick it out of play <laughs> or um, try and kick it onto the, full, the little the little fullback. And we actually went for a shot. Unbelievable. But what happened? Yeah, went straight at the keeper, Ollie. But <laughs> but it was on target. <laughs> so, you know, got to yeah. give him some credit for that. But It was McAllister, wasn't it? I think it might have been, yeah. But yeah, we don't we don't normally go for that. So it showed we, we definitely had uh, impetus to get on top in this game because we, we had a shot straight away. Um Maybe Ricketts should have tried that this season when we were complaining about not shot, having shots on target. It was it's an unopposed shot on target, that isn't it? But um, I thought it was indica- indicative of how we came out for the rest of this half because we really got on the front foot again, got on top. I thought, um, and yeah, we we restricted. I think for the whole of the half, we didn't really restrict them to too many. You know, restrict them to fair chance, fair few chances most of which were from long range. But the first chance in the half was a long range from Charlton. Um, but as I say, we, we were doing really well. Um, particularly, I thought Sharps at this point in time, he played really well. Um, and we were just restricting him to long shots, really. Through hard work, Ollie, I thought. You know, the whole team defended really well in that second half. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, we second half, we just kind of turned them off. Either or was it with or was it maybe that we just got played a lot better? I think we did, um, yeah. We yeah, seemed to be playing with more confidence, Um we were a bit sharper to the tackle. Um, even like the fullbacks, like Raven did some really good passes in in this half. Um, and the whole back four just seemed to be playing a bit more confidence, probably led by Sharps. I think I feel like they got they felt like they got away with some of the stuff, you know, to to, to let three pretty poor goals in. I suppose and the second one, the third one, sorry, wasn't too bad. But when you're only one goal behind again as a defender, I think it probably lifts the pressure off them a little bit. Um, and I thought that yeah, the hard work was symptomatic really of the, the chance we had on 53 minutes where. We did a big hoof forward where we, we did start kind of getting Harold into it a bit more, and he was doing all right with some of the balls into him. Um, he got clogged, um, but then the referee played a pretty decent advantage, and, and Robinson did well to bring it down and flashed a vicious shot just wide. Um, but that was a lot of the chances Robinson got were from hard work and, and really well timed runs. I thought in this game, yeah, no, definitely it was. There was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they were a functioning strike partnership at this point. Not yet, a no. little bit seemed to be doing their own thing. Um, 
but yeah, a few de- a few decent ball. This and this is a bit where I talked about that through ball. There was an amazing through ball attempt here from Raven, but didn't quite mm-hmm. work for Robinson's run. But yeah, it just kind of showed a bit of the potential this team had. That's actually noticeable, Ollie. It's a really good thing to pick up on. When you watched it back, there was a lot of times where you had big oohs from the crowd, where not just Raven, but McAllister or Disley or, or even one of the defender uh, def- uh, strikers who dropped back deep were trying to play through balls behind the back line of plenty yeah. teams. It was a definite tactic we had, you know, under Turner. It's a GT thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, it was. GT played with allowed his players to play with freedom. Yeah. Um, he was, yeah, for me, he was a bit loose with his four four two, and yeah, I'm not sure if it would work today, but yeah, he definitely gave players the kind of the freedom. I mean, he knew how to, and obviously, you know, he was... He wasn't uh, you know, a manager in his 30s here. It just shows no. you what a great man manager he was. But yeah, he certainly encouraged the players to try things. And they obviously clearly weren't being told not to. Um, and obviously given that freedom, um, which worked quite well at times. It did, it did. And I think, you know, we started to get 15 minutes into the half town and had a good good spell. I think then Charlton had probably their better, one of their better periods, really, of the second half, where they got a bit of a grip on the game again after the, after the fast start we'd had. And they had a fair bit of play in midfield. So did we, I suppose. It kind of became quite attritional in the midfield I suppose at times during that that sort of 60 minute period um, and Charlton started making substitutions I thought then Ollie to try and stop our attacks and, and stop us getting on top and they made a corner a change a, right a change at a corner Ollie which is always very risky and does lead to something down the line but are you are you a, are you a fan of changing defenders at corners Ollie? Um, well <laughs> sometimes they say it doesn't work out and sometimes they say it's probably not a good idea mm. Well, this one, Ollie, uh, led led to a goal, which was hilarious. So <laughs> they made a they, they took off a player and brought on another a defender. Changed it, changed it at the at the back just as we had a corner. So the first corner came in and was really poorly dealt with. Like they scrappily cleared it away just before Ainsworth was uh, kind of going to get in, um, and then he, he got well, got the ball and won us another corner. So they still look a little bit disjointed, to be honest with you. And yeah, we swing the next corner in um, back post. And Danny O'Donnell heads powerfully home to a really great noise on the on the highlights we've watched on the match full match highlights we've watched back, Ollie, um, and yeah. definitely his best moment for the club. He was only obviously there five seven games where we said it was, but what a moment to get a team from three 0 down to three three. He looked like he really enjoyed it, and he got a huge celebration by the rest of the players. It was an absolute missile execution. Yeah. You, know, you know, an absolute bullet header, uh, and just like flew into the back of the net, and the keeper had absolutely no chance. <laughs> And what were the town fans chanting, Ollie? I can't remember. What were they chanting? <laughs> 2-0 and you effed it up. And uh, yeah, it, it was nice to hear only one Graham Turner again. Yeah, it was. Absolutely fantastic. Um, which which hopefully people noticed when they start the podcast. Yes. And we used that for the intro, which is a, a nice nice little link um, to uh, what we normally do. Brilliant, to be fair. So yeah. And then 3-3, again, I don't know how you felt, Ollie, but I thought the game went massively open then. Both teams just must have thought... Christ, we've nothing to lose. Like we've let a three goal lead slip, and we've come back from three 0 down. And yeah, it went open, and but it, there wasn't a huge amount of chances during this sort of period, really, up until about seventy minutes. I think it was where. Um, well, we'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, it was it was really open, wasn't it? And and it, I think yeah. the, the notable bit of this period, really, before we got to the seventy minutes, was the the sort of banter between the two sets of fans. <laughs> yeah, lots of banter, lots of banter. Um, but there's probably the the key moment of the game next, um, and an absolutely unbelievable miss yes um, unbelievable um, and he should have scored and you would have expected him to score yeah so they had a goal kick didn't they which was flicked on by Abbott 
just got ahead of Sharps, and then Martin sort of linked onto it. I thought I thought Abbott and Martin were a really good partnership, but yeah, that, he he linked onto it um, and and sort of hits it over the bar from close range. Sorry, it hit, sorry hits it onto the bar from close range, didn't he? It bounced down, and then it came down to Abbott, who'd caught up got up after winning the first flick on, um, and he slips just as he's about to put it into the goal um, with the open goal begging really. And yeah, if they'd have gone ahead again, then you might have seen our, our heads drop. Um, having four. But how close was he to the to the goal? Uh, he was like five yards out, wasn't he? Maybe less than that. I yeah. suppose. it was a really that. bad miss. <laughs> it was a terrible miss. Hilarious. Um, and key moment, and key moment, um, because it wasn't long later um, that we, um, yeah, we actually got got that winning goal. Um, but there was a couple of moments before then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting just before that because the, the thing that led up to the goal was there was a Charlton player um, got sort of a, a sort of felled in a challenge, which didn't look anything, and he he stayed down for absolutely ages. And and town players and the fans are going mental that he was making the most of it. Um, you could see the players knew that the sort of still the momentum was with ta- ta- town. You could tell the fans felt like that as well. Um, and yeah, eventually the the, um, the the free kick that they got from this foul was headed over, and they they got a corner basically. Um, but the hilarious thing was they timed wasted all this thing and, and t- everyone was really keyed up with it and as soon as this corner came in Town cleared it and went on a counter that led to the fourth fourth goal which was amazing really so yeah obviously the corner comes in we clear it and all of a sudden um, Wright's got it on the edge of our box he brings it out really nicely played he plays a great ball into Ainsworth who's sort of hanging around in central midfield he takes it on and Mark Wright goes like a train down the right hand side gets ahead of Ainsworth to get a ball back so essentially it's like a really long one-two um he gets it over to Wright. Uh, Wright cuts back into the box, loses it a little bit, but then wins it back thanks to McAllister, who's also trained it up there as well. Um, and he kills a lovely back post cross in for Matt Herald to head her back across goal, down and in. And I put what a noise from the 3,000 town fans because bloody hell, it was when that went in, I can still remember that now. It's pretty, pretty spine chilling, actually. Yeah, it was a really nice goal as well. It had that Great. kind of... Yeah, because I think when, a, when, a, when you have a counter-attack, um, the crowd noise builds, doesn't it? Yes, it's like a, yes. like an orchestra. Everyone's like whoa, and then and then like then obviously there's almost that that bit they thought the attack had failed, but then it carried on again. And yeah, sometimes just the 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 style of attack and the style of goal just makes um, the celebration even greater. Oh, and this is one of those times, and and obviously to come back and obviously to be because um, you and in these games you'd be honest, you do think of the opposition fans. And you, you know, when we, you know, Shrewsbury Town fans have you know, chant "easy, easy," opposition fans or whatever, but you know, their chants would have stuck and stuck in your memory. So as soon as we scored, um, yeah, everyone was just going absolutely mental. Oh, it was great. It was a good, really good moment as well. And obviously, it was seventy-two minutes. There was loads of the game left yet, and the amount of goals we were scoring, we didn't think we'd won it at that point in time. But just to come back, it, it was absolutely mad. And. Uh, for me, you, the two players you give the most credit to, I know Matt Howard was there in the right spot and it's a really well-executed header, but for me, Mark Wright and McAllister deserve the most credit in that because they're on the edge of our box, you know, and when they countered, they went for it, both of them. McAllister was only 22 at this point, so he's quite young. Um, obviously, Mark Wright was a little bit older, had a lot of experience, but this, the speed at which they got up then with that attack so that if it broke down, we had a spare man to try and win it back. They both deserve a huge amount of credit, really, for, for the goal. And I think it was symptomatic, again, of the drive and determination of playing exciting counter-attacking football that kind of Turner brought again. And, yeah, I just it's such a good goal to watch back. If you don't watch anything from this game, just watch that goal back. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, it was good. No, it was good. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it was a... You actually mentioned we scored um, the winning goal on the um, 72nd minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like the rest of the game was a bit odd, wasn't it? Because clearly... <laughs> I don't know, it was like it was almost like the steam had been taken out of or the wind had been taken out of Charlton's sails. Got cagey. Um, it was a bit of a weird yeah, it's a bit weird. So we 
So like, yeah, so without going into too much deal because there's not a lot that really happened. No, um, a couple of couple of famous faces came on. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Vanden Vanden Broek. I never really remember how to say his name. Uh, came on for for Robinson on eighty four. Um, yeah. So yeah, we just left Harold up front his own at that point, um, and he went into midfield to just try and break things up because I think just previous to that, Charlton had made their last sub and they'd moved a, yeah. another man into midfield. So yeah, Turner was just sort of countering countering up on things like that. Um, so he he was the one that came on, but. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I I did feel like we kind of just we knew we got ahead and we did sit back a little bit, but we still looked really dangerous on the counter attack. To be honest with you, and I think some of the things that stood out to me during this period was Mark Wright's crossfield passing, which I love. Mark Wright, I've said this on the podcast before. I loved his direct running, his crossing, his his ability to score good goals. His just direct play was great. Got really good technique. Yeah, brilliant. And you just wonder watch watching this back and. Obviously, obviously, no discredit to Shrewsbury, but you sometimes just wonder why didn't he play at a higher level? Interesting, yeah, because he was pinging crossfield passes like you wouldn't believe in this game. It was and and him and Ainsworth seemed to be. But like his him. control and yep. there was a really nice bit of defensive play where he did like a bit of a turn in in the in kind of a central area um, and then tracked it back and yeah, I don't know. He just he just seems that maybe yeah maybe it's one for for Sheen Sharks. Why didn't he play at a higher level? I don't know. I don't know. He was per- he was perfect for a Graham Turner team though. Um, during this period then from like 80 minutes on we, we kept restricting um, Charlton to just long shots really most of the time and, and again that's due to the fact that we worked hard to try and close everything down and, and the defence stayed solid um, we had one good counter on 83 where I felt Ainsworth should have got his head up and looked for Mark Wright because if he passed it across to him he basically had a, had a, had a pretty much a, a free shot or goal but he just had a, a shot over the bar which was pretty poor Ainsworth he should have given it to Wright um, and we were a couple of scary moments as the game went on though um, where yeah um Perfect. Yeah. So basically, we should have we should have won this by more, in my view, Ollie. I don't know if you met, if you think about this, but chance. But yeah, we had a, another perfect counter attack, much like the fourth goal. Um, Charlton committed loads of men forward, obviously, as they were chasing it. I think this was probably on eighty-five minutes. Um, Mark Wright again bombs forward, lays in a really nice sort of pass around the back to to Vandenbroek, um, who beats the offside trap. He's one on one with the goalkeeper. He shoots. Keeper saves it, but spills it just to the right, and and you go Vandenbroek's there. All he has to do is slide it into an empty net, Ollie, and what happens? <laughs> Shoots, and it's the post. And it's just like, oh man, could have killed that game off. And I don't know, there was probably a little bit of like, it's 85, we've got back from 4-0 four, four down, 3-0 down. They're not going to get a fourth now, are they, surely? <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunate, um, well, first opportunity, <laughs> but for me that kind of almost sums up his career with Town. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, I think that's probably fair. He, he didn't really... Uh, ever break through to the level I think maybe people thought and we it was still at an era where we weren't having a huge amount of foreign players wasn't it and and so a Dutch man felt like quite an exciting thing for us but it, it never quite worked for him did it um, but yeah that was it really with the rest of the game we broke again um, got a corner um, tight, normal time was almost up at that point um, then we had a, a really bit of good time wasting down in the corner um, and I just I couldn't get my head around Ollie in this why Charlton persisted to keep taking really poor long shots like that cost them in this game they they were they felt it felt to me like watching I think them. this was their youth yeah I think yeah. this is just their youth players wasn't mm-hmm. it this is just the uh, the innocence of youth and maybe just frustration that they couldn't break us down yeah. um, but yeah it's interesting isn't it like to, it was, to be honest, it wasn't the, the best video we had to watch this back on. Um, <laughs> but and also, it was quite hard sometimes to see the whole kind of like whole game, like the, all the shape. But it'd be interesting to need from like a, from a tactical point of view, or just from a, a player point of view, what what contributed to Charlton just being so poor mm. in the second half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe just give the credit to um, Shrewsbury Town's defence yeah. um, for doing a really, really good job in the second half. They did, they did, and that was it. We say so we held it in the corner and full time. It was a, a historic comeback. I tried to find the historical context for this, Ollie. Like 
how many times we'd come back from 3-0 down to win 4-3. And my memory serves me right. It never happened before this game, but I could be wrong, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think from writing something for the fanzine, that's maybe what it was, but I, I couldn't find the historical context. So maybe we'll chase that up. I and mean, if, if not, we'll, we'll clarify on Twitter or something. But yeah, that was it, full time. So you've got a bit of audio, haven't you, to, to play in for, for the full time? Yeah, yeah, recorded the full time. So yeah, this is, this is what it sounded like. Great stuff, that. Really hearty cheers. I, I use hearty cheers for Shropshire fans because I think that's what we always sound like when we're running into something. But amazing. Just amazing, Ollie. And I say, outside of the comeback at Stoke, I can't think of anything like that that I've witnessed in my time at Shrewsbury Town. Oh, good question. Yeah. It's maybe a question for the fans. Like, you know, if for listeners to the podcast, is there a better comeback? Mm. In terms of goals, probably not. No. In terms of just like sheer number of goals. Um, to come back, um, yeah, it was a really, really good, a good win, um, and obviously was yeah, just showed what talent this team had, mm-hmm. um, and it had the, and it was an interesting bunch of players, um, yeah, and yeah, in terms of what happened this season, didn't quite make it, but yeah, it was, a, it was some good quality in that team. Yeah, I can remember. I think we came back from three 0 down to, to MK Dons once, maybe five six years ago to three three. That was a pretty good comeback, but we didn't quite get the fourth in that one. So, yeah, interesting. I'll have to have a look. I, I didn't have my stats hand when we went through this today, but it was interesting. After this, just for the context, we went on to play Stoke, who were a, a Premiership team at that point in time. I, I bet they wish they could be back there now. But um, interestingly, you know, we think about all these big stadiums we've been to and these big games we had. But this, when we went to play Stoke, was the first time in seventeen years we've been away to a clock, uh, top club flight, and that was Blackburn in 1993 so again I remember feeling after this win and, and the draw then thinking oh man you know this is even though it's Stoke and it was just up the road this is a really big draw and it, was, it felt like a, a bit of a good reward for what we'd done yeah you know it was a, it was a good win uh, for me it was also memorable I got a, a good friend of mine as a Charlton fan so I remember texting him during the game um, um, yeah that, um, yeah, it was a, a, a massive comeback um, I was just wondering did they even go on like was this one of the games when I phoned at Five Live? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's that kind of that kind of magic magic to it. Yeah, there we go. I didn't. Funnily enough, like I didn't go to Stoke. Weirdly, like I didn't miss many games around this time. But there was some no, I didn't I, go to that one either. But I went to the one we did win a few, you know, two years back. Yeah. So that was worth it. <laughs> I felt I felt like that's karma. Um, go on then. Do your top three, Ollie, because I looked in the next program who got the sponsors man of match and couldn't quite believe it. But who was in your top three? Yep. So top three. Um, I went for right first. I yep. just thought it had a really good performance all the way through the game. Um, then I went for um, for Robinson. Um, I was unsure who to go here because like Robinson and Dizzy, but they all kind of went. They were all a bit inconsistent. But I thought that that finish was really good and his yeah. running was good. Um, and then yeah, maybe Sharps could have come second. Um, what his the, what he did in the second half to kind of shore us up at the back um, was yeah a solid performance. I think that's fair, yeah. And you don't have to pretend you weren't just bullied to put Sharps in after his comments the other day, so because <laughs> I put him third in mine as well. Um, I, I do. I'll go. I'll go reverse in mine order. Yeah, I had Sharps third, but I, I say he was exceptional in a game we let three goals in. Um, he wasn't very happy about this. I should just give these comments really because um, I read the the skipper's notes in the game about it. He said even though we did win, it didn't feel like a win due to the poor defending. So he wasn't very pleased, obviously, to to win this game because they let three goals in. I think that was a mark of the man. He was very proud of the of the defensive 
defensive record he had. But, you know, even though we let three in, he was pretty good across the whole game. So, yeah, I went for him third. I went for Mark Wright second. Obviously, you had him as number one. He was really good and, and I just thought, you know, a class above as usual. But for me, I, you haven't got me in the top three. Oh, I went for McAllister as man of the match. I just thought across the whole game, when you looked at where a lot of our play came through, who was neat, tidy, did everything they could have done, um, was involved in one of the goals, just play, played a big part in the whole game for me, really. I went for McAllister. So, yeah, interesting. I think it was one of those ones where there was a, there was a few contenders and then everyone played well for sort of slightly different reasons, Ollie. But have a guess who got the sponsors man of the match. Oh, I, I have no idea. God, surprise me. Matt Harold. What? <laughs> yeah. Got a picture of me in this program I'm looking at now. Yeah, you got the sponsors man of the match. Um, there was two at that time. I think they still have two, don't they? But yeah. Were they drunk? I don't know. They might have been. Um, maybe the sun, <laughs> maybe maybe sitting in the east stand with the sun on them. Maybe gave him yeah. a bit of sunstroke. But they had a few carlings. It, and they it was were clearly not man of the match in that game. Um, but maybe got it just for the goal, I suppose, because it was a moment. Um, but, yeah, yeah. That the sounds other... like yeah. That sounds like sponsors that know f all about football. Like, who scored the goal? Oh yeah, we'll vote for him. <laughs> well, the other sponsors, whoever were doing it that day, um, they gave it to Ainsworth, who was not in our top three either, and he was all right, wasn't he? But yeah, I thought I was interesting on watching it back. It was a very different reading of it, and. Yeah, that's it really. Normally we wrap these these podcasts up with a little look at what um, the manager had to say, but I went to look at the programme notes for the next game, which was... Oh, let me have a quick look what the game was now. I've got the programme right in front of me. I think it was Max... No, it was Aldershot at home, the next home game. So uh, I looked at the programme and thought, oh, GT will have put something about this historic win in there. There's nothing in his programme notes about this game, right? All it is, is a huge rant at Berry moving a reserve game we were supposed to play with them to Ratcliffe Borough. Literally, literally takes up 80% of his programme notes. There's nothing about the, the Charlton game. There's like about two lines on a, a win we had at Macclesfield the following week. That's it. That's like hilarious. So I, I can't tell you what Graham Turner thought about it because he didn't write about it. <laughs> <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. Yeah, his, his comments weren't on the BBC website. I mean, no, just, shame. Felt like just Parkinson who, yeah, said that... Um, yeah, I can just remember from record. I'm, I'm not looking at it now where he said something like, you know, yeah, I put a U team out, but they were good enough. Kind oh, of thing. There we go. It was good. Disappointed he was. And there, and there we go, Ollie. That was the historic, uh, the historic amazing win, comeback, it? though, wasn't it? And, Unbelievable. And for me, as you say, you know, it was we hadn't been at the new ground for that long, and for me, this was like um, this. And also, was it Ipswich we played um, in, the, three, in the League Cup, and we yeah, yeah and we and that was a big game. So Lost yeah, for me, these were the the kind of the games that kind of. Yeah, I think we were still in the settling period. That's probably why the low attendance and the, and the quiet crowd. True. Um, but yeah, for me, this was one of the games that kind of helped us feel at home. That's good. So we should just flick forward really to what we've got coming up next week in terms of the, the club and then what we're covering next week. But some some sort of old school classics uh, next week coming up, which is going to be hilarious to watch. So on Wednesday, they're putting out Shrewsbury's 1-0 win over Wimbledon in the FA Cup in 1990, which I'm really looking forward to seeing because it's kind of just before my time, Ollie. Um, but a, a period and a game that a lot of people obviously remember fairly well. Um, then next Saturday, the 25th of April, they're putting out a brilliant game. I've watched some of this back, Ollie. Shrewsbury 3, Wrexham 1 at Wrexham in 2007. Gary Peters and all. It, it's Honestly, if you want to watch something back on Saturday, that'll be well worth your time. It's fantastic. And then next uh, Sunday on the podcast, Ollie, we are going to cover um, a very historic game, which is Shrewsbury Town 4, Scunthorpe 1 at Scunthorpe. 1994 when we clinched the championship so yeah, it, yeah it's, it's, it's going to be a good week in terms of the, the, the coverage I think town are going to step it down to two a week really because I think three's been a bit excessive but yeah, yeah we've just to give up everyone we, we don't know how long we're going to be back so we don't try and keep but, the good games. <laughs> but just just so everyone knows the games we've asked to cover over the next few weeks are Northampton 2 Shrewsbury 7 Wickham 0 Shrewsbury 7 Shrewsbury 2 Everton 1 MK Dons nil Shrewsbury 2 in the League 2 playoffs which we have found um, I want to look back at the game where Carlisle beat us 3-2 at the Meadow before we got relegated to the conference because 
historically it is a massive game, even though it's horrible to watch. So yeah, we've got some some really good stuff coming up now in terms of a, of a future schedule, Ollie. Yeah, no, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Good man, good man. Well, we'll leave it there then, and we will catch everyone next Sunday uh, for a championship winning uh, performance. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch you next week. Keep safe, everybody. Keep smiling. Keep trying to keep your chin up. And uh, yeah, catch you on the flip side. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh!